You're listening to an N Stars podcast production. Previously on Made You Watch, a podcast. What do you have in store for me? Oh, I have uh, only my favorite movie of all time and my queen, uh, Legally Blonde. Oh, shit. Which shocked me. Greasy Weezy, huh? Seen. You want to watch some Reese Witherspoon Reese next week? Witherspoon. <laughs> Reese we're gonna Witherspoon. Go, we're going to go to the mothership. Oh, no. I remember. Now, I've seen bits of that movie. So, what do I know about this movie? It's. I'm going to. It's going to get shit for this, but it's a dumb valley girl blonde who decides to become a lawyer and turns out she's really good at it. I am so glad you phrased it like that. What? It just. It, it, it's just going to. It's going to set up the watching experience beautifully. Just oh. the words you chose. I. It makes me. Oh, man. I'm in for it. Happy. Especially because I'm not. A, I, I'll admit it. I'm going to say it here. Hot take, I don't like Reese Witherspoon that much. I, I, I'm neither here nor there on her as an actress. But like, I say that because Legally Blonde is such an iconic film for me yeah. that I just, like, it's like how I felt about Anne Hathaway when yeah. I was a kid. I'm like, you're a princess. And much like Office Space, I'm sure it's of its time. Oh, yeah. It, it's a time the capsule. 2001. This was 99. It's a time capsule film. You know, and it, it fits a weird space where kind of being a, you know, that Paris Hilton type was... The yeah. thing at the time. The reality star era. But instead they made her kind of smart. So kind of next smart. week on the show, we are going to watch Legally, Legally Blonde. Blonde. Well, I'm going to watch Legally Blonde. She's going to rewatch it. So uh, hopefully it all goes well. I'm Adam Mock, a 40-something-year-old film critic who knows whiskey and movies. And I'm Melanie Weir, a former theater major who loves Disney princesses and the color pink. Are you ready to start? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Hey, and welcome back to Made You Watch a Podcast, where this week, Mel got to choose what film I'm watching. And what film did you watch, Adam? Oh, it's a perfect day. Don't let anything get in my way. Except I watched Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon. God help me. <laughs> One of the reasons I wanted to come here tonight was to discuss our future. Of course. I plan on running for office someday. Warner. I think we should break up. What? Oh. If I'm going to be a senator, I need someone serious. I'm seriously in love with you. I love you. Liar! This is the type of girl that Warner wants to marry. A law student. You're not smart enough, sweetie. I'll show you how valuable Elle Woods can be. MGM Pictures presents... Do you have a resume? It's pink. And it's in it. I think it gives it a little something extra. A comedy about knowing who you are. You think she just woke up one morning and said, I think I'll go to law school today. And showing what you've got. We're defending Brooke Window. You can buy her exercise tapes on infomercials. Wait! Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. You're fired. What? I have new representation. Reese Witherspoon. Do you remember when we spent those four amazing hours in the hot tub after winter formal? Legally Blonde. Oh, look how cute. There's like a judge in everything. Vote for Directed by Robert L- Luca- 
Lukatic, L-U-K-E-T-I-C, Lukatic. Don't worry about it. And I'll tell you why, because he's really not made anything much better than this. He did The Ugly Truth, Killers, and 21 that has the troublesome Kevin Spacey in it. Oof. Yeah. He's working on the Babysitter's Club or some shit now. The Babysitter's Club, I've heard, is very good. Okay. <laughs> I had to sit through Legally Blonde. We can talk. I'm not going to I didn't read the books. I'm not. I'm just. I also just found out. I've been alive for 26 years, and I've loved this movie for most of them, but I just found out that Luke Wilson is Owen Wilson's brother. Good God, how did you not know that? I guess I, I guess the nose kind of throws you off. I don't know how I didn't know because the thing is they look alike. They kind of sound like each other. It's just like I it And they have a third brother who who I believe is a director. Oh my god. I'm not positive. Though. I could be wrong on that. But they were all in like Bottle Rocket together, which was like the movie that kind of put the the Wilsons on the map. What is Bottle Rocket about? It's about these three guys who are kind of just fuck-ups and Decide, I think they decide to rob a bank or rob something. They just think they're hardcore and they're completely not, and they just screw it up at every turn. Very nice, very nice. But uh, that's not what we're talking about today. today we're talking about Legally Blonde. Oh, uh, we're going to talk about Legally which Blonde. Which is the story of a C-U-L-A, not U-C-L-A for copyright reasons, a C-U-L-A fashion major whose perfect life is thrown into a disarray when her boyfriend Warner breaks up with her before heading to Harvard. So she does the only rational thing she could possibly do, study for the LSAT, ace the LSAT, get into Harvard, try to win him back, only to discover that she's better than him. So you see my problem with this movie right off. That, first <laughs> off, wasn't that the premise of Felicity? What's Felicity? Felicity was, um, uh, what's his name? The guy who did the new Star Wars movies. J.J. Abrams. I, you know what's funny? I, was, I know nothing about Star Wars or next to nothing. I was going to say J.J. Abrams just out of the blue. <laughs> well, he makes everything now. But it was about a girl who liked a guy, so she follows him to college. Now, mind you, it's a cute thing when a girl does that. If a guy did that to you, wouldn't you, like, uh, that means you get in a restraining order, right? I mean, yes. Also, it's not really a cute thing when a girl does it. It's stereotyped as a cute thing when a girl does it. But, like, if I had known a girl who did that, my friends and I would have been shading her on the side. We would have been like, hmm, she's just... Well, her friends in this movie, Reese Witherspoon's friends do not shade her at all. They help her. And somehow, those dingbats in this movie get her to pass the L-stat. Because she's smart. That's the whole point of the movie, Adam. <laughs> How many sequin bikinis do you need? As many <laughs> as, I don't know, as, as many as you like. We open up on Playboy University, as I like to call it, because <laughs> I've never seen so much pink and white people in my life, and I went to college on Long Island it, in, in, the, in the early aughts. And why does everything have fur on it? Like her phone has fur. You know how gross that must be to have fur on your phone? I have to agree with you about many of the fashion choices in this movie. They are a lot. But that's what the 2000s was like, wasn't oh, I it? Know. I mean, I assume I was it like was Yeah, it, it was blow-up chairs and, like, I had an inflatable chair and all the weird shit. And, like, I, I knew plenty of girls that had all that fluffy crap in their rooms. Very cutesy, very cutesy. Oh, yeah. It was, forever my it was mom, a Forever 21 nightmare. I Five below, too. My mom would never let me get any of that stuff because she knew what a pain in the ass it would be to clean. <laughs> I have to, sorry, I have to vacuum my phone. No, Mel, you cannot get shag carpet unless you want to vacuum the carpet yourself. And I am to this day afraid of vacuum cleaners, fun fact. So that was not an option. What are you, a chihuahua? Like, like I don't know. I literally don't know. My friends have to tell me. The, I was at my boyfriend's last weekend, and he started vacuuming, and the cat and I both left the room. The cat and I left it in the other room. 
we're going to have another show called Mel's Afraid of the Vacuum. <laughs> so the movie stars Reese Witherspoon, Luke Wilson, Selma Blair, and a litany of really good actors. And I think that is the, one of the few reasons I actually in, I didn't enjoy the movie. But I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Okay, I'll, I didn't. I'll I didn't that. hate it. I, it's gonna. I'm gonna give it a decent rating. Don't you worry. <laughs> and a lot of it was I was put off by this movie in college because everybody watched it at nauseum. And I'm one of those people. I'm a contrarian. I will not watch things that popular that that become popular. Just because, I don't know, it, it it's always ruined for me somehow. I'm actually kind of the same way. You know, and this was one of those movies where. Everyone was way too excited about it. And I, honest, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really like, I still don't really like Reese Witherspoon that much. She's never really been in much that I've enjoyed. And when she's in something I enjoy, it's usually because of the other actors around her. That's fair. And I think in this, she's, I mean, she's playing a valley girl. Yeah, she's playing a, a valley girl who moves to, to New England to go to Harvard. But a valley girl with so much hidden nuance. And tell me you didn't pick up on that. Like well, that's what's funny. Um, I was reading the trivia on IMDb. She went and hung out with sorority girls. Did she? Because she didn't want to make them look, like, dumb. See, that's what I respect so much about But her. the problem was all of her sorority sisters were kind of dumb. So it defeated the whole purpose of her, and she got to keep all the outfits as per contract. I got to keep. Uh, uh, I didn't <laughs> want to bring this up so early in the podcast because my friends are all going to laugh at me. I was Elle Woods in high school. In my this was where I peaked senior year. I was eighteen. I got cast as Elle Woods. It was my dream. Um, <clears throat> it was really funny. I never thought I'd get to be in dream the musical. big kid. I never thought I'd get to be in the musical because it like just come out when I was in like seventh grade or something. And I was like, there's no way they released this for high schoolers in time. And the year before I entered my senior year, they made it available to high schools. And I was like, oh, my God. And then they made it our show. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I had such a fun time. Case in point, they let me keep a lot of the outfits. I almost wore one of the dresses today, but it was too freaking cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, the pink in this movie. There was so much pink. Yes. Oh, my, the beginning of this movie, I will say... I like the choice of overdoing California. Yes. To just be, it looked like Handyland. It it's did. just everything is pastels and bright and blonde. My God, the blondes. This is my impression <laughs> of California, though, honestly, because it's like this in a lot of movies. I see they do it in Clueless too. I, oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure better I movie. think of more examples, but what? <laughs> better movie. I mm, I is better. Legally Blonde to Clueless. Clueless is a better movie. She gets with her stepbrother at the end. Eh, well. Tell me that doesn't put you off of it. Oh, at least it's Paul Rudd. <laughs> he's a kind man. <laughs> so, is, so is Luke Wilson. He's, he's medium in everything I've seen him in. He's just like a, a fine dude. So, all right, let's get into the plot of this the, thing. Yes, yes. So... Elle Woods thinks she's going to get, Elle Woods, Bruce Witherspoon, thinks she's going to get um, engaged to her rich boyfriend played by, um, what, what was his name, Warner? Warner. Warner, played by Matthew Davis. Warner and Huntington III. Just typical, you know, he's all, he's all teeth and hair. He really is all teeth. He's all teeth and hair, just smarmy scumbag who gets into Harvard and decides to leave her because he's going to Harvard. Um, less of a Marilyn, more of a Jackie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep singing lines from the musical. Jesus, help Jeez. me! Oh, help this me! This isn't torture enough. This is compulsive. So she decides 
She's going to apply. She, she's a fat fashion major. She's a fashion major with a four with a four average. Yeah, because that gets you into Harvard. And uh, she finds every loophole she can, including somehow passing the LSATs to get into a one seventy nine. I've been watching my a one eighty is a perfect score. I know. I've been watching my boyfriend study for the LSAT for months. <laughs> he just, I'm not going to say what he got, but he got it back, but he was disappointed with this score. I'm like, listen, you can get to Elwoods. Woods. You can do it. Listen, it's El- my only context. If Elwoods Woods can do it, he can do that. <laughs> I believe in him. She's smart. That's the whole point of the movie. Oh, I know. I, know. I totally got all that. But like I was saying, I love that juxtaposition when you're in California and everything is so shiny and bright. Then you get to Harvard and East Coast is just... Browns and earth tones and and cable knit sweaters and shit. And she sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, she comes, shows up with a moving truck. Bruiser, baby, you must be parched. And, all right, uh, you brought up Bruiser, her her adorable chihuahua, who I just found out lived to be 18 years old. 18? 18. Wait, 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 no, no, no. What year did this dog die? Uh, 2016. Holy shit. Yeah. I... That dog was still alive when, like, the show, the, through the musical coming out, through it making to high school. Dog might be older than it. you. I'm not sure. I can't do the math. I, no. <laughs> so, dog's older than my oldest car, which is saying something. Good God. But, um, you ever notice she never walks that dog? Just once. I, mean, I wanted to see how she picks up dog shit. He's a chihuahua. I know, but I would love to see how she picks up dog shit. Does she have like a little sparkly bag thing? I'm 100% like her, sure. Like her poop certain. bags have to be pink, right? They're, they've got to be pink. They're probably sparkly and scented to hide the smell. And she probably <laughs> takes it, puts it over her little hand in the most dainty way possible and like bends over in the... She, does, she, does she bend and snap to oh, pick up the dog poop? The bend and snap. Works what? every time. <laughs> No, it doesn't. You just look like a crazy squirrel. It's hard to do. <laughs> it's so listen. When I had to learn like how to do it, it was a whole. You have to. You have to really have loose hamstrings. Now, you have to warm up. Hold on. Before, if if you didn't see this movie, the bend and snap is Elle Woods's way of picking up men, and it's you stick your front leg out, you bend at the hips, then you pop back up like a scared squirrel, <laughs> and you put your hands out. Like, in, in this, like, cupping motion. You're supposed... It's pressing your breasts together. Is, That's what it's for. Oh, is that what you... Yes! Was, there's got to be a better way. I mean, there probably is. <laughs> That's I, not I, it. That only works if you have gender... I... And not for nothing, Jennifer Coolidge does not need help in that department. She does not. I love... And Bless by the way, Jennifer Coolidge, best part of this movie. I love her. She's excellent in this movie. The fact that they got Victor Garber and Holland Taylor in this was the, the professors. Oh, oh. I mean, Holland Taylor had a big resurgence with uh, Two and a Half Men. She was their father, their their mother, sorry, on that show. She reminds me so much of my high school choir teacher. It's not even funny. (laughs) She's a great actress. Absolutely. I love her. And Victor Garber is just stage and screen, like, excellent in everything he does. I love it. And when he popped in, I'm like, oh, this movie's got legitimacy. Like, early on, this movie's got legitimacy. So she makes it into Harvard somehow giving the weirdest, like, audition tape or whatever. What do you call them when, you, when you're trying to get into college? Oh, the admissions essay? And I really think those, those lecherous old men only did it because she does the whole thing in a bikini. Obviously, but she <laughs> knows that. She, oh, know. That's how, that's like one of the things, I'm going to go off about this, I'm sure, but like, that's one of the reasons she's smart. She knows how to manipulate the game. Yeah, and that's what makes her a good lawyer at some point. She eventually starts, you know, gets to school. Everybody treats her like garbage because she's Elwoods and she looks nothing like them. 
everyone's got brown hair and a, like I said, a cable knit sweat. She's easy pickings because she looks stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like they think that just because she's cheery and friendly yeah. and doesn't use big words and act sardonic all the time that she's like, oh, I'm going to pick on you and make myself feel better. Not to do like the most elementary school reading of that possible, but that's what they're doing. And somehow owns a Playboy bunny costume? Of course she does. <laughs> Why wouldn't she? Why did... She was a sorority girl in I California. Know, but that scene cracks me up. They, there's a scene where Selma Blair, who turns out to be Warner's fiancé who he left L for. Did you know, did you know, I'm gonna throw this fun fact out there, there was apparently a version of the script where at the end, instead of ending up with Emmett, she ends up with Vivian. That would have been weird. That would have been, first yeah. of all, nothing that flew in the year 2001, but I love that it existed. Not even that, they like don't really even set that up. I feel like it is set up a little. What, that one scene? They're so awkward with each other, and it's just, it's like that suppressed lesbian energy that like, if you're ever, I was deep in this culture because a lot of my friends in high school like are, are queer now, but including myself. But like being repressed bisexual or a repressed lesbian and like not knowing to, what to do with your feelings for another girl, it frequently just manifests as like this petty, catty, love-hate relationship. Yeah, I think so that but it's I, a trope. I think it would have probably taken the movie too far into Cruel Intentions territory, though. I've never seen Cruel Intentions. Cruel, oh, you want to see Summer Blair make out with Sarah Michelle Geller? Oh boy, do I! Watch Cruel Intentions. Oh, that movie—it's a—it's a—it's a, a, a modern-day remake of like Dangerously Liaisons. Also, I've not seen that. I've never seen that one either because eh, it just seemed boring. <laughs> <laughs> so Elle gets into Harvard. And she's already having a tough time. The professors are treating her kind of like she's a dope. Until she starts... where there was an assignment. And then she still... She starts, like, waxing intellectual and knows her stuff. And, you know, she's determined. She's going to win her man by any means. But why she wants this guy, I have no idea. I he's actually... It is important to point out that Elle does not buckle down and really get to work by the laptop and everything until after that costume party where she realizes... I'm never going to be good enough for you, am I, Warner? She picks up the laptop wearing the... You couldn't go oh, home and change. Gosh. She's determined. <laughs> but I get it. The reason I love this movie so much is because for better or for worse, I am Elle Woods. Like, <laughs> when she gets a bone, she wants to run with it. She does not care. That was a terrible metaphor to use. She does not care what she's dressed like, what other people think of her. When she she is on a mission, she's Girlfriend. on a mission. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's good. It's a good thing to put out into the world is that you have confidence in yourself and you're not willing to back down from bullies and stuff. Because that was a new concept at the time. Like, oh, not a new concept, but, like, that narrative that, like, hey, women, like, you can own yourself whether you're, like, sexy or not. You can, there's many different oh, ways yeah. to be an empowered woman. So she goes to college. She starts kicking ass in her classes to the point where Victor Garber, who's her professor puts her on a team of law students to help with a murder trial. First year interns because the case load is so large. See, you've watched this more than I have. I've seen this <laughs> I've seen movie it the more times than I can count. I'm sorry. So Allie Larder is a fitness guru who made a bunch of tapes that Ellie used to use to get a perfect butt or something. Brooks Butt Buster There you out. go. And she... Murdered her 70-something-year-old husband, who evidently... stiff... He was 60. And he's hung like a mule, this guy, evidently, and that's why she was with him. Show him a picture of his dick. That'll clear a few things up. <laughs> the first time I heard that line uncensored, because every time I saw this movie up until I was like 
14 or something, I saw it on TV, and the first time I heard that uncensored, my jaw hit the floor. And my mom was like, you didn't know that was what they were saying? I was like, I'm a child. <laughs> I'm a child? <laughs> I love that explanation. Mom, I'm a child. I, like, I was old enough to know what she was saying, but I, I wasn't, I, 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 I was smart in very many ways and stupid in many others. I wasn't gonna get that. There. I just don't think Brooke could have done this. Exorcist gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. So she's working on the case alongside her ex-boyfriend and his new fiance, who she eventually becomes friends with because they both realize he's a dickhead mm. and a moron. And his parents had to like basically call in some favors to get him in. He got waitlisted and oh, Elle yeah. got in right away. Exactly. This movie's insane. Like it, it's... She uses the craziest logic to solve problems, and it all has to do with hair and fashion and, like, weird things like that. Like, I'm just going to skip ahead to the ending where you find out the daughter did it, and the daughter was played by um, uh, Linda Cardellini, who has the craziest perm on the planet. Isn't it the first cardinal room? Dang it, no, I can do this. Isn't it the first cardinal rule of perm maintenance that you're forbidden to wet your hair for at least 24 hours after getting said perm at the risk of deactivating the ammonium phyglocalate? You remembered ammonium phyglocalate. I had to, <laughs> I had to do the whole speech. I was on stage that entire show. I had to, there were so many lines. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Because isn't it the first cardinal rule of perm maintenance that you're forbidden to wet your hair for at least 24 hours after getting a perm at the risk of deactivating the ammonium thyglocalate? Yes. And wouldn't somebody who's had, say, 30 perms before in their life be well aware of this rule? And if, in fact, you weren't washing your hair, as I suspect you weren't because your curls are still intact, wouldn't you have heard the gunshot? And if, in fact, you had heard the gunshot, Brooke Wyndham wouldn't have had time to hide the gun before you got downstairs, which would mean that you would have had to have found Mrs. Wyndham with a gun in her hand to make your story plausible. Isn't that right? She's my age. Did she tell you that? How would you feel if your father married someone who was your age? You, however, had time to hide the gun, didn't you, Chutney? After you shot your father. I didn't mean to shoot him. I thought it was you walking through the door. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to run this movie through my head because it turns into this weird series of like bits and things where she she makes friends with um, with um, a woman who works at a beauty parlor who's played by Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Who's trying to get a man, so she's helping her out. And she's like her only oh, friend. the UPS guy. The UPS guy who... I, that was just weird. There was so many package jokes. I've got a package. <laughs> I really want to play you some of the songs from the musical just because they're so ridiculous. There's literally Please one. Don't. There's a play out at the end where he just comes in and he goes, I've got a package. And then it's just porn music for two minutes. <laughs> but I was like just taken aback by some of like the weird concepts in this movie. Like, the fact that she just solves an entire murder trial by hair products. Yep. And why? Listen, we we all you've gotten your hair touched up and lightened. A few times. I'm not a big hair person. How do yes. you know the chemicals that are in that stuff? You talk to your stylist. Do you not talk to your? I mean, okay, you don't. Have I don't hair. even. I'm sorry. I listen. I'm bald, <laughs> and I used to have a stylist. I miss you, Joe. You're a good guy. 
I, he never told me what was in any of that stuff. Oh no, my stuff. And I used and I used to get my tips done. It was the two thousands, baby. Shut the fuck up oh with yeah, frosted tips. Oh Adam. yeah, Adam. everybody had frosted tips. No, you couldn't go to school in Long Island without frosted tips. Like Guy Fieri. Oh yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, but at least I knew when to give it up. <laughs> he's I, still rocking I that I appreciate look. that he's sticking with his looks. Listen, I unironically love Guy Fieri. I do. I will say his name properly. I said it improperly before because I was self-conscious. That was wrong. It's Guy Fieri. Uh, he looks just like my dad. I think that's part of my affection for him. Like, he doesn't. My dad, I want to I put out there, does not wear flaming bowling shirts and have frosted tips. It's just they have the same face. <laughs> I'm sure your dad will love to hear he, that. He and my mom don't see it. My siblings see it. My cousins see it. Does he wear like a whole fistful of rings and like no. still cook food? Oh, stop cooking with rings on. That's disgusting. You're like putting your hand in chopped meat and you got like some giant skull ring just sopping up all the No, my, juice. my mom's a good cook. My mom normally does the cooking. My dad makes quesadillas and occasionally like grills the burgers, makes us pancakes. But dad foods. Dad jobs. Dad foods. Um, <laughs> but no, no. he. It, it's just, it's the actions and the facial expressions. But my mom will go, no, your dad doesn't look like that. And I, but I like send a Snapchat to my cousin Caitlin of a side-by-side and she's like, yeah, that's Uncle Mike. <laughs> the other thing I, I kind of found amusing was the amount of actors that are in this thing that are like, like Raquel Welch. Comes out of nowhere. Now, Raquel Welsh was big in the 70s. Is she Enid? She's the ex-wife of the guy who got shot. The mother the mother oh! of Linda Cardellini. Have you seen the Cabana Boy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Cabana. Man, the gay stereotypes with that dude. And, I? And, who, and, and uh, your boyfriend's name is? Charlie. Carlos. Carlos. It was Carlos. No, wait, that's not. Wasn't no. it Charlie? It's Chuck in the movie. It's Chuck. Carlos in the musical. That, okay. That was fun. It's like, come on. He, well, Look at him. You bitch. <laughs> it's just... Um, Literally, I don't know how... Because like when I was a kid, I didn't pick up on that. I was like, oh, where is she getting that he's gay from? And yeah. now I see it, I'm like, how did nobody else see that this man was gay? <laughs> what the heck was 2001? And not for nothing. Look at his shirt. I saw the Victor Garber uh, heel turn coming pretty far away. Victor Garber heel turn? When he starts like rubbing her up on the... He's like rubbing on her legs and oh, stuff. The professor. Oh. And, yeah. and and then, of course, Selma Blair comes in at the wrong time and misconstrues the whole thing. And then, uh, it's just, it was tropey, trope, trope town. It was. But you know what? I don't, but it works. You they, know what? I don't think these things were all tropes back then. They weren't. The and that's why it works. I'm trying to watch. I'm trying to. Trying to watch it with 2001 eyes? Yes. And that's, it's hard to do with the amount of crap that I've seen in my life that just follows this, this, um. Plot line. I, I hope you can get there because I'm very interested in that context specifically. Because like I was six when this movie came out. Okay, so this so, is like, all this new is to just, you. It was it, it was it was setting the tropes from scratch. Okay, yeah, but I mean, I I didn't hate it like I thought I was. I I went in I going this is gonna be gonna this is gonna be a hate watch. I'm gonna have a couple of a couple of whiskeys and get this done, and I'm gonna have. And my notes are actually kind of funny out of context. Like, Please. I just wrote Victor Goddamn Garber. Uh, thank God for Jennifer Coolidge. Thank God for Jennifer Coolidge is a good note for any movie. The bend and snap is not a thing. <laughs> and um, the day is saved by hair care. Jesus. <laughs> any Cosmo girl would have known. <laughs> that, oh, my God. And maybe that's what it was. I, I just think... I didn't live in that, that world. And the... That, 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 like, fashionista thing that was such... I mean, 
You got to remember, this came out in a time when we had like Paris Hilton was. Yeah, this was pre Kim Kardashian. Yeah, no, this was when Paris Hilton was making sex tapes, not Kim Kardashian. Al kind of was a proto Paris Hilton. Like I'm sure yeah. that was part of their model for her. And meanwhile, now Kim Kardashian's gonna be a lawyer. So. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it all came full circle. Oh, it really did. Oh, and she married. She. I mean, she's not married to him, but like she's dating kind of like a guy that nobody expected her to date. It's yeah. like, good for you, Kim. Live your live your Elwood's life. But this is definitely, what what I find kind of funny is, I told a couple of guy friends that I'm watching this, and they it. were shocked that I never saw it. Ah, yeah, because you know, it's and kind they, of ubiquitous. And they, they said it in a way like, you've never seen Legally Blonde? Like, you're missing out. And meanwhile, these guys are like action heads and like just, uh, let's watch Point Break again and Air Force One, and it's just like, Wait, you didn't you didn't see Legally Blonde? And I'm like, I don't even know you guys. <laughs> it's like there's that TikTok that went around a few months ago that was like, it, it's those two guys who always do quotes from movies, but like one of the first ones they did was the hair care speech. It's like, have you seen Legally Blonde? <laughs> Isn't it the first cardinal rule of perm maintenance that... And who still gets perms? Do people um, still get perms? I, I'm sure some people do. I don't think many. I'm very curious as to what I would look like with a perm. My mom, I think, used to have one. Her hair was very large. My mom had a my, every every mom in the '80s had a perm. She, my mom had really long hair until my brother was born, and the thing that or no, not my brother. One of us like constantly twirled her hair in our fingers when we were little, and she eventually just chopped it off because she was like, "Enough!" She's like, "Stop touching me! I don't want to be close to you right now. Get away!" It's just like you have made. It's it was more like baby hands, like making knots in your hair. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can I I I can sympathize. And now the the weirdest casting, which I actually enjoyed, was Luke Wilson. Yeah. He was my favorite because he is so out of place in this movie in a weird way. Because at the time he was doing like indie films and like just this was I think this was one of his first big like. Hollywood type roles. I can't think of too many I can't think movies of off the top of my head that he was doing at the time. Many things he was in, period. But he's just, first off, if you said Reese Witherspoon and Luke Wilson hook up, I would never, I would have been like, no, because he looks like fucking 40 in this movie. He looks old in this movie. He looks Does a lot he? older. I, never I thought he looked a lot older. and But he's just such, he's a strange spice when it comes to, because <laughs> He has one speed, and it's Luke Wilson. And that's fine. It's a good, it's a nice speed. It's Owen a, Wilson kind of has one speed, too. Oh, Owen Wilson. He's he's if Luke Wilson got high and had a lot of coffee. That's what I was exactly going to say. <laughs> he has one speed, too. It's just a different speed that's yeah. perhaps a little more interesting to watch. Not that Luke Wilson isn't interesting. It's just a different flavor. But I will say, I he, he kind of kept me in it just because he, he was just so... With all of the outlandish characters, everyone's a caricature, except for him. He's the gym. He, yeah, he is the gym of this. He, he's the the office's gym. Right? He's he's the straight man, the everyman. Yeah, and he, but that's what he's good at. Yes. I mean, he's doing it right now on that show, Star Girl. He's he's like the dad on that or something. He's oh god, and I'm like, he's playing a dad. What is he doing? I'm like, but you know what? It, he's good at what he he has one speed and he's good at it. Yeah. Like I said, and Holland Taylor, I really was. I, I liked her character, especially just Which when she just, she was the professor that throws her out in the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she like, basically it makes her like, she, she become valedictorian or she something? She does. She becomes valedictorian and like the professor is, if you're going to let one stupid prick ruin your life, you're not the girl I thought you were. And evidently, Harvard Towns only have one hair salon. <laughs> yeah, right. Because 
the chances of her being at that hair salon to make that quote when Elle Wood shows up. That's what I love about the Legally Blonde movies. It's so much about like sisterhood through like commonality and oh, it's yeah. just like the the common things about being a woman like if there's one hair salon nearby yeah you'll see yeah. your professor at the hair salon um you're gonna have common knowledge about like hair care that you're you might have been out of place in a courtroom but you're standing there like wait what do you mean nobody else knew this like can nobody else see this bald-faced lie <laughs> the yeah like i said the amount of actors is really interesting but I just, I, I will admit, I like the way the film's structured. It hits a lot of funny, there's a lot of funny bits in it. Like, th there are yeah. legit funny bits. The one I thought was weird, and tell me if you would, if you would fall for this, is oh. when the nerdy guy is hitting on that, the two girl, the two, like, tens. That truly didn't age well. And she smacks, Elle sees this happening, smacks him in the face, and then says, We spent a beautiful night together, and then you never call me again? Well, forget it. I've already spent too many nights crying over you. Now, if you were watching that, would you suddenly, like, be all into this dude? Uh, yeah, those girls are psychopaths. Okay, I, all right. I, that, that, like I said, that, that... That scene was written by a man or 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 somebody who has never well, let's, been in any kind of situation like this before. Well, I don't know. Evidently, this is based on a novel. It is. And by Amanda Brown. This is one of the cases in which the movie is better than the novel and the musical is better than the movie, okay. not like the other way around. The and novel it, doesn't have any Emmett in it. The oh, really? ending is different. And the, it was written by all women. Yes. All women. It was um, Karen McCullough and Kristen Smith wrote the screenplay together. Okay. So, I mean... I have my suspicions about that scene, though. They either just didn't put that much thought into it, or, like, it was and an afterthought or it something. It is directed by a dude. I know for a fact that there were scenes added after the fact. Like, those, anything at the end after she walks out of the courtroom, like, into the light, yeah. the epilogue and the thing with Warner, like, that was filmed after the fact. And you can see it, too, because she had to dye her hair for a different part, and it's, like, it's a wig, what she's wearing in the last couple scenes. And oh, you really? can tell because it's totally flat. Oh, that's nuts. Like, it is not well cared for. I'm like, they, they really... They really should have buffed up this wig a little more because I can tell so easily. That is pretty crazy. They talk about how many... She, she, she had like a ridiculous amount of hairstyles. In it. She had 40 different hairstyles in this movie. And I, for the life of me, can, can't remember three of them. <laughs> I, I just can't. I, I didn't... I guess I just was not paying attention, but... 40 different hairstyles. Where does this girl find the time? That That's a really good question. <laughs> that was one of the things, like, when I was growing up, like, in this culture of just, like, beauty perfection, like, superstars, that was my main question. Yeah. Because I turned 13 and my mom was like, okay, you should probably start using makeup now. And I was like, what the, what have I, I, I have to get up earlier to do this? I have to do my hair? Like, I get that it's frizzy and unmanageable, but, like, so are all the boys I know. This isn't fair. Now, let me ask you. Having rewatched it nowadays, are there scenes where you go, "Ooh, that's a little cringy." The the one scene you just talked about, the one with the the David, where she like yeah. befriends David, that makes me cringe because yeah. I'm like, that would never happen. I always hate fake nerds. In this movies. isn't, yeah, because it's it's. I don't like situations where we pity fake nerds. Yeah, it's like I get it was a very 2000s thing to do. It's just like now I'm just like that guy could get girls. He doesn't want those girls. Yeah, like he could get like. I, w I personally wouldn't date David, but I know girls who would. <laughs> He's not my type. He's the type of several friends of mine. See, I thought you were going to be, like, calling out the kind of backhanded way they treat that gay dude. Even though he's a bad guy. They use, they, 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 he's such a stereotype. I mean, 
It's the, pretty hilarious. There's actually a few gay stereotypes in this. There are. I Works every time. I don't want to say <laughs> I don't have an issue with gay stereotypes because, like, obviously, if gay people have an issue with those stereotypes, I want to back them. Yeah. I just, like... Those particular ones, I can't see as that harmful. Like, I can't find a way. It's kind of all in good fun. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's like, the thing is, like, I've met gay guys like that. I oh, know gay guys like I that. I used to work in Chelsea, New York. Trust me, I was in the heart of the village. Half the people I worked for were those guys. It's so faithful. And they were the, they were the coolest dudes I ever met. And I learned how to dress for most of them. It's so faithful. <laughs> I can't find a problem with it. But you know what I do have a problem with, actually? Hmm. Why was he pretending that they were having an affair in the first place? What the hell was the point? Was this just like an elaborate plan to have a beard? Yeah. What do you want, Enrique? I think I, it was, well, I, I took it as he was working with the daughter. To kill the, the father, and they were probably going to split them. He, he probably got paid. Like No, but Chutney didn't. She didn't mean to shoot him. She I, thought it was her walking through the door. I forgot her name was Chutney. Her name's freaking Chutney. Chutney. That is, that's pretty awesome. Oh, and the poor, oh. Uh, Chutney. The wig that we put on poor little Maria, she's a friend of mine, she was a freshman at the time, to play that part. She played Chutney. 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 It was so large. Uh, last week it was tchotchkes, now it's chutney. My two new favorite tchotchkes words. Tchotchkes and chutney. It's that <laughs> sound. I hope that was great for everyone listening with headphones in. <laughs> Some ASMR for you today. And I will say the, the one thing I could not stand about this film. Despised it. Okay. I've had perfect day stuck in my head for three days after watching the film. It's a perfect day. That was very, very good. Bad we can only have a couple <laughs> seconds of it. They're gonna come after us. That song gives me a toothache. It's so sweet. It's, and <laughs> it's you know so what's sweet. Funny? My teeth hurt. I'm not sure if it's pitched down in the movie or what, but I have it saved on my Spotify. Of course you do. And the version that is saved. Oh, I used to wake up to it in the morning well, sometimes. That, um, the version I have saved on my Spotify is like possibly higher sounding and more annoying somehow. They. That's because Spotify a lot of times will. Um, do re-records oh, yeah. and play those because they don't have the rights to the master. Mm. I am upset by that because I, the, the exact cadence of the master is the one that lives in my can you mind. Tell, can you tell my girlfriend works in music publishing? That's very cool. <laughs> music I, licensing, I'm I sorry. would love to talk to her about just the, the intricacies of those legalities because the thing about legalities like that is they both piss me off and fascinate me. Yeah. Copyright law pisses me off on the daily. <laughs> I agree that artists should be paid. They should have the rights to their work. Stealing artists' work is wrong. There has to be a less complicated, less frustrating way to do it. Blame the lawyers. I, uh, <laughs> full circle. Full circle. Back to Legally Blonde. We're going to wrap this up. Oh, yeah. So bottom line is she saves the day, gets her, her guru off from the murder charge, and Chutney goes to jail. I don't know what happens to Enrique. I guess he gets it. He would get in I'm trouble for. I'm sure he was at least fined for. Um, well, he perjured, perjured himself, himself, so he probably went to jail too, and he, he'll do well in jail. <laughs> he's, he's a good-looking dude. He'll do well in jail. <laughs> that was wrong. I'm sorry. Awesome. I don't you know. You don't know about jail. <laughs> oh, you would love jail. Oh, you're gonna love it. But um, she becomes friends with Selma Blair. Selma Blair leaves Warner. Warner. Doesn't graduate. Graduates or without honors. Without honors. Without any job offers. That's what it was. And can I talk about the the weirdest thing that I noticed? And I'm not sure if you did. How did Elwood's father have a full martini hmm? 
olives, glass and all, at a graduation. I, you know, I never really clocked, I clocked that he had it, because I was like, a trope. But, you know, I didn't think about the logistics of him walking in with a martini. That was literally, my last note was, Dad just has a martini at graduation. My um, <laughs> my last impression of this movie always, and this is what I want to leave the audience with as well, actually, is um, not that, but also another small thing from that, from that scene. Um, Next to Warner, not next to Warner, next to Emmett, when he's clapping at the end, there is a man sitting there, just kind of bobbling his head as he claps. He looks like a bobblehead that has been sedated. His stare is glassy, his head is moving so much. I'm not sure if this is like Emmett's father, like El's future father-in-law, just like a random professor. Like in real life, he's an extra. This man always distracts me. If go back the next time you watch the movie, just look at the guy sitting next to Emmett. He will die. That's like one of those weird things you always hear about like in movies. Like uh, you've heard of the movie Teen Wolf. Yes. There's a scene in the end of Teen Wolf where the crowd all jumps up and cheers at the end of this basketball game. And one of the guys has his pants open. And no one ever no. caught it. Yeah. Like, there's always weird shit like that in movies. And I'm just wondering if he was just some, like, stoned crew member. They were like, dude, you want to be an extra? Yeah, all right. <laughs> just wandered into the shot. He's That's like, awesome. and, the, and you have to look more tired than Luke Wilson, though. You have to, <laughs> Luke Wilson's out of two. You got to bring that shit down to, like, a negative one. He looks like he's on barbiturates <laughs> or something. <laughs> Like, he just, I, I don't want to insult this random actor. He's just doing his thing in a scene. He just looks so funny. Listen, if he can find Listen, us, he can sir, come on the show. if you're listening to this, this was a positive for me. This was a full positive. I love you. I love your performance. <laughs> so she wins the day, and she graduates with honors. Two years later, she's still dating. Three date, years later? Was it two or three years? Yeah, Muscle's three years. She's still dating Emmett. The dog's gladly still alive. Bruiser's doing all right. What's her name? Uh, Jennifer Coolidge ends up with the UPS guy after breaking his nose. She broke his nose. Ah, that's a, that's a me cute. Yeah, doing the bend and snap. <laughs> that's a me cute. He snapped. She snapped something. Uh, the, uh, that is an appropriate and realistic outcome to doing that in front of someone in public. <laughs> I would break more than noses. I'm sure. All right, we're gonna ra- we're gonna rate this thing, and we've decided on the this one goes to eleven scale. This one goes to eleven. Before I give mine. I think I know what you're going to rate this, but go oh, for Oh, Legally Blonde is an 11 for me. Legally Blonde is in my personal pantheons of, like, movies that made me who I am. Okay. Okay. I'm going to... I'm teetering, and I'm going to be nice here, because in retrospect, I didn't have a bad time with this film. That's important. I'll never watch it again. Fair. But I'm glad I saw it. I'm giving it an 8. Ooh, I was gonna give it a, eight. I was going to give it a 7, and I decided, you know what? I'm I'm really mean to Reese Witherspoon most of the time, and I got to make a slight amends. Even though you know, I, I don't know if you ever seen that TMZ video she's in where she gets pulled over. Nope. Oh, you do, audience, do yourself a favor and look up Reese Witherspoon uh, drunk driving. Oh, it's no. pretty excellent. Uh, that, I'm gonna leave it at that. Probably the meanest thing I'll ever say about her, but uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to say the least. She. She has the great line of, don't you know who I am? Oh, my God. Yeah, don't oh say that God. to a cop. Wait, I think I remember this. Oh, yeah. What year was it? Oh, probably five or six years ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. I remember being very disappointed. And her husband apologizes for I it. I remember this. <laughs> it's all on dash cam. 
it's pretty hilarious. And I, I you know, listen, she apologized years later. She's, she was, I'm not going to. Listen, we've all been there. She was drunk. She said, don't you know who I am? Listen, I wish well, I was famous enough to get DUI drunk. Not DUI been say, there, but. I wish I was famous enough to get drunk and say, don't you know who I am? I wish that lived anywhere in my brain. Good. I just like saying that to people and just getting the reaction. They're like, don't you know who I am? No, you shouldn't because I'm no one. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> just mess with Just people. walk around a complete nobody. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> well. Who I am is Adam Mock. And I'm Melanie Weir. This has been Made You Watch a Podcast. Adam, we did it! We did it. We we got through the perfect day. <laughs> Nothing stood in our way. But before we go, uh, I've got a doozy for you on the next episode of okay. Made You Watch. You're going to have to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. Is this a horror movie? Not at all. Well... No, other than Christie Alley being in it, no. <gasps> Christie Alley! Christie Alley. All I know her from is Look Who's Talking, but I love Look Who's Talking. Ugh, well, you're going to hate her in this. Oh, I can't wait. It's from 1999. I'm keeping it in the uh, the realm. Very nice. It's a comedy. Uh, let's just say, because you have no clue what this is, I'll give you a slight hint. It's what happens when a small town cares about nothing but football and beauty pageants. Oh, God. And a documentary crew is there to <gasps> film it. I love documentary crews. You're going to enjoy it. And just pay attention to the cast. It's absolutely insane. It's a bunch of people before they really made it. Ooh. And a lot of just familiar older actors who you're going to love. So until next time, I've been Adam Mock. I have been Melanie Weir. And we made you watch... A podcast. See you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to an N-STARS podcast production. 